Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined in the studio by Sam Gowland. He is from Geordie Shaw. He was in Love Island. He's a big Borough fan, proper Borough fan, and was great on good form, wasn't he? He was on good form, and we ended up talking about Palmos. We did, yeah, and he suddenly got very... You know, I think he might be off to make one I tonight. I think I am, actually. Uh, a little Borough delicacy. Uh, <laughs> we also had the book club. We talked about money. Ball Luke Moore was back, and you'll hear some of that. Uh, our bits. Yeah, and he went through items. the NFL combine tryout, <laughs> kind of, as you'll hear, amongst other things. Yeah. We had a bit of a birthday spread. So here it all is. Yeah. <laughs> Named Paul and uh, the Burnley bench were alleged to have insulted Sari yeah. last night. I'm surprised they could tell which part of the stadium the abuse was coming from. <laughs> <clears throat> Honestly, it's just it's just beyond, isn't it? What a chance to, to really. I mean, it still would have been difficult even if they'd won last night. But it was a great opportunity. Everybody else lost, and you know Burnley. They they did what Burnley do. But and, and to Are you be giving fair, them a heart, you call them anti-football. No, and uh, to be fair, Burnley have collected more points. Won more points since Boxing Day than Chelsea have, so you can't yeah. really complain about yeah. that. No, I've got nothing, nothing to say about Burnley other than well done. They defended well. They they did what Burnley do, you know. So yeah, yeah, they they did waste a lot of time, and so many of their players got injured. But you know, who can blame them? They needed a point, and yeah, they, and they got a point. So that's that's the way it was down to Chelsea to break them down, and uh, that just the halftime substitute was just substitution of Kovacic was ridiculous. Mm. At this stage of the year. You've only got four games left, you know, including, or even with the Europa League, maybe you've got five games left in all. You just play your best players. It doesn't matter if they've played on Thursday. It doesn't matter when, how many minutes they've Yeah, but it was Monday after Thursday, which yeah, was less cares? of a strain, you know, isn't it? He's, I did, he was asked about Giroud and he said, oh no, he can't play twice in a week, he's 90 kilos. Like that makes a difference. <laughs> he's absolutely, but he's got, he overthinks everything and he's got these, so I presume he thought Barkley had played a lot of minutes or Barkley was this or that, but it was clear, needing a goal, you don't bring on a bloke that's got no goal threat whatsoever. He can't put a through ball th- in, he's never going to score a goal and he can't cross it. So, I mean, he's brilliant at passing it backwards five yards, he's wonderful at that. Right, okay. That's his skills. Well, really. it is very much. So it's a sort of perfect storm for Chelsea, really. Now, absentee owner, star player leaving, his heir apparent out till December, ageing defence, rubbish manager and the Europa League, which basically does you league forming completely. I mean, they've lost four and drawn one, drawn two after Europa League games and it's just... You know, it affects, we know it affects your season, so you don't want to be in it again. 
What's the what's happening with Sari? Do you think what are you hearing then from your Chelsea contacts? I have no are they, idea. He's going to stick around, or I'd be amazed. He's wanted back in Italy, so with a bit of luck, I think Chelsea will get off for having to pay him off. <laughs> Because, I mean, really, he's just just not up to it. I mean, they've got the, I think they've got the third best squad and probably the 20th worst manager in the league. Wow. That's what I think. I mean, just the things he does, the, uh, this second-half-itis thing, you know, this, uh, they, they listed it in the Times on, I think, on, on Friday morning after what happened on Thursday night. And I think it's, it's happened eight times. They've given a goal away within 10 minutes of half-time and often two. Yeah. And that's just something, you know, that... It shouldn't happen all the time. It's something keeps happening. Like and you that. had a lot of time to get the winner, didn't you? I mean, basically, it was, it was after oh, about yeah. 20 minutes. This was all sewn up, wasn't it, really? Yeah, they never, um, they, but they never going to score in the second half. You know, they, they don't. They just don't do that, especially with the substitutions he makes. And he never changes his tactics. He never changes... I mean, the only thing that keeps them in it is just everybody else's form. And what a weekend. I mean, Arsenal, mm. that was a disastrous result for them. Brilliant by Palace. Yeah. Brilliant away win, but... For Arsenal, it was poor. Christian Benteke got his sighter against us a couple of yeah, weeks back. I, I know, and I scored the goal note, against Arsenal. Yeah, I made a note a few weeks ago that Benteke is coming back to yeah, form. He's you can see positions, it. Yeah. You can feel it, and that was a decent game. A funny thing in the Sunday Times, though, the players' marks for the City Spurs game. Yeah. Uh, City, 73 out of 110. Spurs, 74 out of 110. Uh, hello? How does that work? <laughs> They lost the game. They did, really. <laughs> they deserved a point, but that's not the that's No, not that's the thing, not the it? point. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. There no. was quite a few under-par performances. Uh, we're going to have a look at the Tottenham-Brighton game. It's live on TalkSport. Ray Houghton will join us a little bit later on. And we saw against Wolves, obviously Brighton fighting for their lives. And as you said about Burnley, needs mm. must. And they'll do what they have to do. Yeah. And they'll try and break it up and slow it down. It's all they, about an they early were goal. Fortunate, they they Jones, were. I mean, Wolves had, Wolves had very good chances as well against Brighton. So it's mm. all a bit... Tottenham were to get an early goal. I think all bets will be off. But the longer it goes on, could be frustrating. So we'll see what happens tonight. It is interesting with Wolves how they their record. We noted this earlier in the season. Their record against the top six compared to the bottom six is amazing. Yeah, but it is the way they play. Well, they, because they're much better when teams come on. To yeah, them, really. So they have to solve yeah. that for next season. So, yeah, that's you know, find a different way of playing for Eddie Howe. But Ralph, I've noticed that Ralph Hassenhutl. 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 US is very skin tight tractor. It's like yeah, a yeah, diving yeah. suit. I know. It just needs the little goggles. It is. It. I think it, it is a wetsuit. <laughs> it is a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. Didn't your son once wear a wetsuit to a, on a very cold night to a football match? Yeah, I had this idea. He had something over the top of it, didn't he? Yeah. But he couldn't go to the loo the whole game because he couldn't get it like off. Like Spider Man, was he? <laughs> He, he, was he was desperate by the time he got home. Uh, and we're going to ask the <laughs> listeners this afternoon about bad, uh, a bad sporting run. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this story. Ashton Turner. Mm. Um, he, In the IPL. It's yeah. tremendous. He's and he dropped a catch. That's right. <laughs> the Australian cricketer. First man in T20 history to make five consecutive ducks as he fell first ball uh, in the IPL. Uh, third con uh, successive IPL golden duck for the 26-year-old. Rajasthan Royals, I don't know they paid for him, but they're absolutely delighted, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. So he's having an absolute mare. He's one of those players, though. There are a few in the IPL where you look at him and go, how's he playing in the IPL? <laughs> this brilliant competition with these absolutely world-class people maybe playing his dad, Maybe it's like his dad's in charge of the IPL. It's, it could be one of those. Some of the finishes, the Chennai game on the weekend was fantastic. MS Stoney hit a six. I think it was off Joffre Archer. Hit it out the ground. I mean, he hit it 111 metres. I've never seen a ball hit like this. It wow. was unbelievable. And they, but they lost on the final ball. It just, it's just been a brilliant IPL this year. Can you match a sporting run like poor old Ashton Turner? Five duck, goal is ducks in a row. 
so if you could uh, let us know in any sport, if you had a particularly terrible run of something quite awful. Yeah, sorry, probably says it's because he weighs 90 kilos. If- the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Yeah, time for the book club every week. We look at a, a different sports book of uh, varying vintages. And I think Luke showed a camera too, isn't he? That He's one. holding it up. Uh, we're talking oh, yeah. about a book, a uh, huge bestseller. A book that had a huge influence as well on, on the way uh, people do their business, not just in baseball, but in other sports. It is based in baseball. It's called Moneyball by Michael Lewis and uh, Luke Moore, of course, from the Football Ramble and the uh, season ticket here on TalkSport is back to guide us through it. Hi, Luke. Good afternoon to you both, first and foremost. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, we're good. 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 These I weeks f- come around quick, don't they? They, they do. do. Yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten, looking at it again, because I read it the first time around and seen the film, I'd forgotten how technical it was. It's quite a technical yes. book, isn't it, in terms of... It is. You base, I know it, it applies to a lot of sports and the principles and the story are very interesting, Yeah. but the actual stats and all that, you have to be sort of wade yeah. through that a little bit. So I think, I, I, I mean, it's probably best to do this in two parts. One is the, the book itself, and I'll give you a people listening a bit a bit of a pricey of it in a second but secondly the the sort of universal themes that can be gleaned from it from different sports and then mm. because look no one in in this room possibly no one in this building or city knows less about baseball than me <laughs> uh, it's important to stress that to start with but the a lot of the themes as you've alluded to uh, are quite universal but yeah it's quite stat heavy i mean really um michael lewis who is chiefly a i suppose you'd call him a business writer but he looks at the human stories within business and innovation and all that kind of stuff so he also wrote the big short which was converted into a movie he's one of these super authors whose every book he writes gets optioned into a hollywood movie so he's had the blind side but he wrote about american football which i think has also turned into a movie uh possibly starring sandra bullock moneyball is also a movie starring brad pitt the poker book as well didn't he He did yes i've not seen the the moneyball movie um, as much as i haven't seen the, the book we did last week and the movie of that as well it's a book club not a movie club so yeah. I'm off the hook I think <laughs> no, I, th- I think the movie's criticised because it, it, it departs from the book and it, and has inaccuracies in it to make sure, it okay. work as a Hollywood it does have Brad Pitt though which is it does. Uh, which yeah. kind of Cushions the blow. Covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Michael Lewis, who 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 wrote, who, who's on record as saying that he's always looking for stories, little, little things that he can buy into and, and and tell the story of to 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 his readership, and he said that the inspiration for writing this book, Moneyball, about the Oakland Athletic baseball team, is how do one of the poorest teams in baseball, in terms of financial. I mean, poor in a financial sense, and uh, win so many games, and it, and it ends up focusing on a guy called Billy Bean, who is this non-traditional, think outside the box, go against the grain kind of guy, and the and the and the, the analytical mind, if you like, behind the success of the Oakland A's, um, who are you know, a major league baseball team on a quest to become successful despite their their small budget. Now, now, what it what it comes down to is, um issuing scouts and their kind of learned eyes and, and the establishment and and, mm. and and you can see how this relates to the bigger sport in this country football the more I talk mm. um, forgetting the traditional way of assessing good players mm. i.e. an old guy who maybe used to be a baseball player goes and watches a couple of kids and says oh that guy's going to be good that guy's not going to be very good and and really that's the start and end of it for a lot of this traditional way of, of analysing players and looking at potential prospects Billy Bean becomes aware of some work done by a number of statisticians, but namely a guy from Kansas called Bill James, mm. who now, by the way, is senior advisor to the Boston Red Sox. This revolutionised the whole sport, this 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 movement. And affected Liverpool, we'll come on to Yeah, we'll yeah. come on to that. Mm. Um, using this thing called sabermetrics, which basically <clears throat> means that a lot of the traditional ways of analysing baseball through stats from you know back in the 19th century 
are actually, to all intents and purposes, proven over and over again to not really be that efficient. So what Bill James does, this statistician who Billy Bean ends up working with, he develops his own set of stats saying these things are a lot more relevant to getting success, to winning games. And the key thing is, win as many games as you can with the sh- smallest financial outlay possible. So the A's themselves had no budget to speak of really and weren't by traditional measures going to be able to compete with the bigger teams without becoming a lot more efficient. Namely, they had to find a new, different way of finding players that other teams would overlook. It's about doing things differently, mm. about finding an advantage, considering things that other people maybe haven't c- considered and, and giving yourself an advantage because of it. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many different things that come from it. I mean, some people say it's fantastic and they're bought into it and they use it, but there's others that kind of look deeper into the story and say it didn't really have sustained success, did it, for the Oakland days? It didn't sure. revol- revolutionise them as a club as such. So Billy Bean, who's the subject of the book mostly, and Michael Lewis, who wrote the book, would say in response to that, that's not the point. Mm. The point is to trust in the method. The method is it, no one is really going to be successful in a big sport every single year. No one wins things every single year. I mean, that, that doesn't happen very often. So the point is, in order for us to be able to compete, we don't have $150 million a year to spend on players like the New York Yankees have. We have this amount of money, so we need to find an edge. The, f- the fact that we don't win every year is not, is not important. What's important is we can still compete spending the money that we only have access to. Billy Bean sort of was a, was a, as a prospect as a baseball player himself. Um, he never really fulfilled his potential and he, and he kind of turns himself into a case study saying that, you know, really baseball teams are looking at the wrong metrics and, and you know, he, he actually quite sort of self-deprecatingly says, you know, what I'm trying to do now is avoid players just like me. <laughs> who, 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 who scouts looked at me and thought I was a physical specimen I could do stuff at, at, at high school my technique was pretty sound and people trusted me to go through and become successful but actually my numbers were declining year on year but people were ignoring that because they thought actually these other things are more important so Although the book is very stat-heavy and it does it does involve a, a decent understanding of baseball to the extent of where you might need to go and reference things and look it up and find it out. I do think the universal themes are, are pretty interesting. There's enough there to hang your hat on because it does cross over into other sports because the full name of the book, of course, is The Art of Winning an Unfair Game. How mm. do you get yourself an advantage when you haven't had bestowed upon you the riches and the traditional size of club that means you can go and win things pr- pretty pretty easily? The trouble is maintaining mm. that advantage, and this is another criticism, is kind of lost... Uh, a bit of that edge because everybody's doing it. It's like everything else, isn't it? If you Quite. kind of effectively, the book almost did for the A's, did for Billy Bean because yeah. it put the story out there, didn't it? Yeah, this this updated version has got a new afterword in it. And the afterword is obviously written by Michael Lewis, who says, you know, the first few years after we we put this book out, the establishment he calls them the club, the people who are who are a member of this either the commentary out of baseball or a coach or part of the establishment initially just started saying well this is rubbish this is a load of old rubbish I don't need someone to tell me the stats I can tell you if a player's going to be good or not blah 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 and then exactly what you've referenced there Paul's happens these people start getting offered jobs Billy Bean gets offered a job with the Red Sox on the biggest um, salary for a chief executive at a club that's ever been offered he almost takes it ends up not taking it because he said the only time he ever made a decision about money and money alone was the worst decision of his life so he ends up staying but they do hire someone who's never played the game before who was a disciple of, of, of Billy Bean the guy Bill James whose statistics at the, at, the, at the genesis of all this is now an advisor for the Red Sox so they, they regardless of what they said regardless of how much they rallied against it 
they are all using these ideas now. They are all using these personnel now. And it's worked in baseball. The Yankees haven't won the World Series for two thousand since 2009, and they have the biggest budget and spend the most <coughs> money, and it doesn't <coughs> guarantee because other teams are using this. Michael Calvin, though, interestingly writes about this battle between the stats men and the grizzled old scouts yeah. in, in one of his books, which is fascinating. And so it's a yeah. very similar thing where this thing of, you know, this gut feeling where, you know... It's called the nowhere men, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, that's I've right. read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you sort of—I'm about you as a fan. You you look at a player and you have a gut feeling about that player. Yeah. He's good. Like, yeah, and, you know. And, and, and I looked at Hudson Odoi when he was a kid. and I went, he's he's definitely got and, it. You know, and you, you you think I could do this? And for, <laughs> but, but, and, but, <laughs> it's better to back it up with the stats. And for his part, Billy Bean kind of doesn't necessarily have a problem with that. I think he's. I think what he does think though is. That's no way to run a business, right? That's no way to run something that you're supposed to be successful at. He actually compares it to to fund managers. He says it's all about evaluating skills and putting a price on them. Thirty years ago, stockbrokers used to buy a stock strictly by feel. Let's put it this way: anyone has a choice. They can choose a fund manager who manages their retirement by gut instinct, or one who chooses by research and analysis. And I know which one I would choose. Absolutely. So, so I think he thinks that's okay. But really, to get a consistent bit of success and find the right players, you do need to do a bit more than that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you remember what it's like being in your twenties? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. The NFL Combine. Uh, oh yeah, you want to do that first? Okay. I was going to ask you a couple of questions. Yep. Because um, the basically the players go along, young great college footballers go along, hoping to catch the eye at the combine of scouts from all mm. the, the various NFL clubs. But um, it's always been a very weird thing. They they put very very odd questions uh, to them, which uh, mm. which do seem quite strange. Um, for example, Andy, I might put some of these to okay, you, right? I'm ready. And see what you come back with. Because yep. I take it these have all been, the boffins have looked at these and they will tell tell you something about a person. So if you were a fruit, what kind of fruit would you be? Uh, pineapple. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I'm, well, sort of a bit old and gnarly, a bit knobbly. 
Okay. But quite sweet on the inside. <laughs> okay, you can, you've overthought that. I have a bit. <laughs> Are you afraid of clowns? Uh, mm, only, the one man- only the one managing Chelsea at the moment. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I, maybe I was going to ask you, one of the questions they asked somebody who went along for the combine, they're basically mm. they're trying to become footballers, of course, mm. and they asked somebody... If you could kill anyone and get away with it, who would it be? <laughs> I don't want you to answer that today. No. All right? well, I wouldn't. I don't think you know, I could even answer that question. It's a no, horrible it, question. It is, it is a terrible because question. It's like saying you want somebody dead. It's a really poor I know they question. shouldn't. They shouldn't ask uh, kids who are effectively going to be. They should ask anybody football. that question. So it's quite a deranged question. Yeah. I would have said. They they've also got this thing that often comes up, and to the point where I wonder if they even mm. prepare for it. They say um, they ask him about what he could do with a brick. <laughs> Things that he could do with a brick <laughs> yeah. uh, in a minute. And how many... I think the Cleveland Browns asked uh, this question of uh, of a player. So you've got a minute to tell me how many things you could do with a brick. So can you think of well, any... You, any could, you could make it an art installation. Yeah. You could draw on it. You could... Uh, draw on it? Who wants to draw on a brick? Well, I would. You, wanna, you can make it into a part of a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Build things, I'd say, is number yeah. one. Small part of a wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. That's about it, really. What else are you? I, oh, I I stand stand you're not it. getting. You're not going to get in the stand Browns. on it. You're not going to get in the Browns, are you? Could stand. It. Build things. Extremely heavy paperweight was the answer. That's Smash good. stuff like windows. Oh yeah. Uh, kill a person. It's quite dark. This isn't well, it? Like somebody that I could get away with killing. Yeah. Uh, drop it on someone's foot. Just some of the things you can do with a brick. Hold yeah. open a door. Well, yeah. Stabilize a lopsided table. <laughs> uh, you could cook uh, brick roasted chicken. Yeah. So if you want to play for the... You, these have all got to come to mind. What um, is brick-roasted chicken? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to get, we'll have to get somebody in uh, who can tell us. They asked one player at a combine whether he thought his mother was attractive. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> that is a weird question. Why is this going to make you a better footballer? It does seem uh, yes. odd, doesn't it? Yeah. bit odd, really, I'd say. But, uh, yeah. Worth worth the effort. But the trouble is, some of these, some of the boys that are going through this uh, yeah. system, of course, have come from quite troubled backgrounds. Mm. So um, they, they they were asked. Uh, apparently, they, they said, um, "What did your father do?" He said, "My dad was a pimp." And he said, "Okay, what did your mum do?" He said, "She worked for my dad." It's a bit. And they said, "Joe, your mum was a prostitute." He said, "No, she wasn't a prostitute. <laughs> like a Marx Brothers, like a dark Marx Brothers film." But anyway, uh, we move on. This is that the wasn't the answer stuff. I gave. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it wasn't. Anyway, so if you want to be an NFL player, okay. do your homework. I think that's the key. <laughs> We're talking of tasters. A Labour councillor faces a probe after dressing up as Adolf Hitler for a fancy dress party. It's okay. Wayne Hennessy thought he was Blakey from on the bus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Theresa May was a marshal at a road race at the weekend. Uh, yeah. Imagine the runners are still trying to find their way home, would be my <laughs> guess. Quite possibly, and yeah. that, a French woman ran the London Marathon in high heels. She and did. Her name was Christelle Doyon here, which is quite strange. Do- Christine Doyon here, <laughs> Exactly. That's why I said Doyon Beanhear, Beanhear, age 34. Finished in a respectable time of just over six hours, and they were proper strappy slingback Heels. I mean, it's the world record: six hours, four minutes, and seven seconds. It's quicker than the moose. I don't know if he was wearing high heel shoes when he did it. Yeah, that's a sight to behold. He took. I think he walked it in eight hours. Didn't he? <laughs> he did really. Yeah. Have you heard about uh, Thomas Mernier's expensive football table? No. Yeah. Um, Thomas Mernier, of course. Uh, Rugby. No, no, no. no. He's uh, Who is he? he's a Belgian international. 
Oh, really? Thomas yeah, he plays for PSG. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah I, I can't think of it. He's the right back, is he? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played I thought in... his name was Mark. Okay, never mind. Okay, okay Thomas. Yeah, yeah um, he um, has uh, bought this thing. Um, and it cost him, I think he's now sold it, £82,500 it is. Made of solid aluminium, features mm. 22 stars, including Ronaldo, Cruyff, Messi, Maldini and Zidane. It's got a leather pitch. Leather pitch? Yeah, and ad hoardings for lots designer of leading <laughs> uh, World Cup brands. Yeah. Um, he's got a company, an art company, and he uh, sold the table to a private uh, buyer. Uh, mixing football and art is the way to link these two worlds, says uh, Thomas. I bet it's a, well, like me. a big wow in the dream. A bit like you, yeah, <laughs> with your doodles. Uh, <laughs> uh, talking of David Squires, who does an excellent uh, cartoon, oh, occasionally David speak Squires. you on the show uh, in The Guardian, uh, has done a very good Wayne Hennessy take uh, in it? the cartoon I'll this week. So go and check it out. It's very funny. Danny in Hart says... Uh, brick roasted chicken. Brick roasted chicken. You cover the brick in foil and place the brick on the chicken on a barbecue. Make it flat and crispy. Yeah, you're going to have to try that, aren't you? Mm, okay, that's nice. good. Well done, Danny. Thank you very much. Do you want a quick that. T20 birthday spread? Yeah, I've got to try and guess the age. Fair You've got enough. to guess the age of this person. Yeah. I think this is quite a tricky one. I shall give you a margin of 10. Okay. Okay, 10 years out. It's the birthday of the High Court judge and presiding judge of the Wales Circuit, Sir Simon Picken. Sir Simon Picken. He's Simon gone, Picken, yeah. Yeah, he's gone into business, actually, uh, supplying sweets for Woolworths with Mick McCarthy. Uh, yeah. yeah, pick and mix. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 it's been a while, so some of the younger ones may, may struggle with that. One, still, somebody still does pick and mix, don't they? <laughs> I don't know. It may have died out with Woolworths. Sadly. I don't think what it great, did. I think it's probably what a great show. lived on. So Sir Simon is, Pick and Mix. What does he do, this fella? High Court judge, presiding judge at Wales Circuit. Okay. Um... Sixty-eight. Fifty-three. I'm oh, terribly sorry. Sorry, oh, Simon, if you're listening. Is his name Simon? Sorry if you're listening. Simon Picken. Yes, Simon Picken. I do apologise. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's it. You've done, are you? Well, I think so. Well, there was actually... I'll tell you what did amuse me this morning. Hmm. Uh, the royal family have released, on the same day... A new uh, Photos. <laughs> Not okay. a new album. Right. Uh, Wills, uh, William and uh, Kate have re released some pictures. Wills. Well, you know, I'm quite friendly with them. Has, have released some <laughs> pictures of their... Uh, young son Louis, yeah, and uh, and I think there's been Harry and Meghan have uh, released on the same day, so it's caused a bit of a problem. Uh, some images of uh, I don't know even what they are really. You're obviously quite close. You can't remember any of their names <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So of course the son have got Arthur Edwards, the royal photographer, to review them, and I love the fact that he he always you know he's going to give them a good review. You know he's not going to say these look amateur and are fairly rubbish. Yeah, he's going to say Kate's pictures are brilliant. She's captured the special moments with her children so well. She's taking a photo of her face. Taking portraits is an extremely difficult skill to master, and she does it superbly. Of course. She should be an inspiration to other mothers and fathers. Keep your cameras charged and ready. And I remember when Mario Testino took some pictures of the royal family. Yeah. And Arthur He's slagged... pretty good, isn't he? He slagged them off. Yeah. <laughs> he said they weren't much... They weren't up to much. Well, Amateurish, he reckons. He's got to keep on the right side of him. It's his bread and butter, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're joined uh, in the studio by a nervy uh, Borough fan, Sam Gallen. <laughs> You're known from Geordie Shaw and from Love Island. Hi, Sam. How you doing, right? You were there yesterday at the match, mm, yeah? Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I mean, I thought going to the game, I thought if we can get something out of this, I'd even maybe take a point. I thought we've got Redden, we've got Rotherham to play, and I thought we've got a good chance, but it's... I think it was the way Pulis set up yesterday. It was a bit, I don't know, there was just nothing there. We didn't create nothing. Obviously, Forrest had nothing to play for. Yeah. 
Three nil though. Yeah, oh, it's a big. No, honestly, it? yeah. You thought one nil down. They got a penalty in the first half. I thought, well, second half we might come out a bit. He made two subs at half time, which again didn't really change anything. But I think the problem we had was maybe it's the formation he's playing. Obviously, he's got the wing backs playing, which is all good. But you need the people to be able to play in that position. He had. Mm. I think he plays obviously with injuries. Before injuries, Ryan Shotton was right wing back, and he's a centre half. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's sort of where. We're coming on. So we've got George Friend on the left-hand side, who's been brilliant for us. We've signed him for an absolute... We've got a steal when we signed him. But again, he's, he's lost a yard of pace, so it's quite hard now when we're trying to go forward and break teams down. But I suppose if you want to go up the teams like Nottingham Forest, you need to be beaten at this stage of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about Tony Pulis? I mean, as a, as a... <sighs> Truthfully, when he got the job, I thought, I thought, you know what? A good experienced manager. We, we could have, we could begin with a chance. I fancied us to go up. But the more and more I'm going, the more I'm watching, I'm like, well... It's the same style of football. Mm. We're setting up very defensive. We're setting up not to get beat. Where a team like Middlesbrough, we're probably one of the biggest teams in the league, I'd say. We should be going there and we should be taking the game of people rather than sitting back, containing for 70 minutes, then try and nick something in the last 20. That's where I feel like we're going wrong. Yeah, yeah. They'd won three in a row before yesterday's setback, so... We've been, yeah, we've yeah. been playing all right. Obviously, we, we turned Hull over, um, but then... Again, I was looking at the last three fixtures there. I thought Notts Forest is probably the hardest one. And we got people... I, I still think we'll nick sixth. We're still there. We've got two games left. Obviously, I think it's it's Derby and Bristol City. But I think Bristol City will drop points. I think Derby, the team, maybe is like to watch. But I'm sure they've got tricky fixtures anyway. Yeah, you could end up playing Leeds if you creep in sixth. Imagine you? that, that one. Interesting. Leeds yeah, in yeah. the top two you all season. Every... You, you definitely have to win your last two <laughs> games. Yeah, question, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you're, you, you're playing. You're, you've got a game up at Leeds, talking to Leeds for yes. uh, next month, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a game there. I've just come back from Belfast. I played there as well. Scored twice and then got a pen went to penalty, ended 4 4, so went to a penalty shootout. So I scored a penalty. So I'm claiming that trick, do you know what I mean? You'd have to, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing in these uh, celebrity soccer games, yes. fundraisers. There's one on Sunday as well at Northampton. So we're okay. playing at Northampton, but the one at Leeds, yeah, the one at Leeds will be a big one. So is this like a bit of kind of travelling circus of uh, celebs who playing all these matches and you kind of yeah. travel around the country? We've got like all different stadiums, there's a few different celebs. There's a few ex pros in that plane, so we're played like Jermaine Pennant. He right. played, so when he turns it on, he can still turn it on. Like, but it's it's yeah, it's good. All for good causes as well. Yeah, must it's be always a, good playing yeah. with the ex-pros. Oh, you, you can see the difference. You yeah. think you've got a bit done, and you step on the pitch, yeah. and you're like, oh well, actually, I don't. <laughs> Callum Best uh, turns out in the games, and uh, has he got a bit of the best magic? Close good centre back, you know, very oh, okay. good centre back. Really? I thought was I never played him before. I thought he was going to be like a striker. Maybe he's playing number ten. <laughs> Seen him playing centre half. I thought I love him all day. Didn't get a single thing of him all day. Well, in the jeans. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Danny Dyer turns out as well. Danny Dyer, it? yeah, holding midfielder. Right. Just sits there, picks passes. Holding you by the throat, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't dare say a word to him. And our old mate Jake Wood from uh, from mm. EastEnders and yeah. the, the Pound for Pound Good little striker, you know. Good player, yeah. Yeah, he played in Belfast. I don't think he scored, but yeah, he was up front because I, I thought he can't play football and I've seen him. I thought, well, he's actually all right. <laughs> when, you, when you're playing in something like this, are you obviously aware that people are going to come and, yeah. and watch? I mean, so do you train harder? Do you work harder at it? I mean, I've always played football now since like a, a younger age, since like under eight and obviously and stuff, but then I stopped playing so you when you go there, it's weird because you're a little bit nervous because when we played at Belfast, I think it was like 7,000 people there. So yeah, people. I sort of went to the gym and put a shift in, you know, like a, a week's leading up to it. I thought, I can't let myself down here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, you do have to train a little because it's quite a high standard with the ex-pros playing. Mm. You have to sort of keep up with them, you know. What sort of standard did you play? When you uh, just Sunday league. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Sunday league. I've got um, 
my cousin was actually, my cousin is a professional footballer mm. so he's on loan at Bolton at the minute so there's obviously quite a few good players in my family and stuff but I wasn't quite that level right <laughs> now Julie Shaw are you, are you from Teesside yeah uh, as you are you're yeah, a Borough yeah. fan so, so it's a kind of broad church then they allow it's not when Geordie they, yes. it's kind of north east they allow you in if you're yeah. If you're I from Middlesbrough, there's more people from Middlesbrough than there is Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could change the name. I, I, is it like the only way is Essex? Is it the same sort of reality? Yeah, it's like the same yeah. format and stuff. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, but it, it, we start filming again in June, I think it is. So it's good fun doing that as well. It just takes toll on your body after however many weeks of. Yeah. You uh, you did Love Island, didn't you? you? Love Island as well. Massive show, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was yeah. last. Was it last year? Or maybe it was the year before. Yeah. I was on that It's just got bigger and bigger that show. Oh, we didn't realise. We were on there and. I thought I'm going back to like my normal job. I was a rigger beforehand. I thought I'm going back to that. And you're on there and you come off and you're like, wow, <laughs> everyone's recognising you. You know what I mean? You don't realise how big it is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then Geordie Shaw kind of came from that. About didn't it, four really? weeks after it. Yeah. So I, I'd been off Love Island for about three or four weeks, then got a phone call. Yeah. Saying, like, would you be interested in doing this? I had a few meetings, few interviews, and then here we are now. Yeah. You you were in you were in it the same year as uh, as Mike Thalassitis wasn't same you? as Mike yeah, yeah I mean that mate. was that was a, a a terrible story and I think a lot of questions started to be asked about about the support people get because you said you know you were doing a, a, a regular nine to five job yeah you go off and do a TV show in the sun oh, yeah, you so, come back yeah. and your life's turned upside 100%, down and that's quite difficult I mean, to cope with I, obviously I was brilliant 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 mate on Mike so when I found out the news I was like, I couldn't believe it because. I was saying last week um, to somebody else, I was meant to go for food with him. I was playing football again Sunday. I was meant to go for food with him on the night. We both were busy, and then the next week, obviously, the news broke, and you just you don't expect it. But it's I it's a wicked one. I mean, I've always had I've been looked after, and I've had good care from both ITV and MTV. So I can't like speak highly enough of them. But I suppose when you get put in that position from going from nobody knowing you to yeah. everybody sort of knowing you, it's it's a tricky situation. Do you know what mm. I mean? And I suppose if you're not having any work after you've done a show that's like well do I go back to work are you a bit too high profile to go back to work it's, it's a really weird situation to be in yeah it's, 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 it's good that as you said you know you're, people are getting help if they need it which is yeah. uh, which is key I think yeah so um, if they got up Borough going back to Borough yeah. for a moment if they did get up Pulis has got a pretty def- decent track record of keeping teams there so that's one good thing about sticking with him isn't it really? yeah I mean if they do stick with him it's too late in the season now <laughs> to get rid West Brom done it which I was a bit surprised with but if Middlesbrough did get up you've He's obviously very good at sort of sitting back, defending, and I, you've got a chance of staying up, but it's very, very difficult. Look at the likes of Fulham, they play all this nice football, spent over £100 million, and mm. then coming straight back down, do you know what I yeah, mean? So yeah. you think it's like a middle ground. Well, Wolves are a good, a good example, <clears throat> really. Because mm. I think even when they're in their championship Wolves, or they had a Premier League team, so is it that Jorge Mendes, the mm. agent that they've got? Yeah. Some of the, they had Ruben yeah, Neves playing in the championship. He could, he's a top six player, do you know what I mean? So... I think they're like one example, but you look at the other teams that have come up. Huddersfield, I was surprised that they survived, but obviously they're going back down this year. But I think there's a, there's a massive gap, Premier League to Championship now. Mm. I don't know whether it's the money involved or what, but the gap is huge. Now, Andy, you wouldn't mm. think that look at him. He's a bit of a food snob, so I think <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying in the past. Here. I think we might try and get him up to uh, Middlesbrough. I love a Palmo, get him up. Have you had one? A late Never night, one. a late night, early hours in the morning, post pub. <laughs> Is it Palmo. like a veal or chicken a scallop? Basically, cheese, that, yeah. It? It's yeah. like the the best thing to come out of Middlesbrough. It's like a delicacy. Everyone loves it around there. But, I mean, it's so unhealthy. If I wasn't from there, I'd have the best six pack going. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a best amount of sauce, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like uh, it's it's. Calorific, isn't it? But oh, often, yeah, you're talking, I mean, two, three thousand 
calories per one. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, so it's not... It's Elvis a, country, Andy. Yeah. That's what it is. That's serious. <laughs> but uh, are, they, are they kind of gourmet... I mean, there's obviously the late night ones you get when you've been out, but yeah. is there, are there kind of gourmet versions as well? There yeah, people you go to restaurants, you do yeah. get the, the better ones, um... I mean, how could how good can it be? It's, it's, it's like chicken and make kebab. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, the contradiction in terms of really, no, with respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. good. Andy's it? Oh, you like the look of that? Oh yeah, I'd love I can have a night. You'll have to come up for have one. Have a night yeah. in Stockton and take you somewhere <laughs> nice. <laughs> 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 Tremendous. Uh, Sam, good to see you. Yeah, and so we can watch you in action in this game. Leeds United at Northampton this week, and the nineteenth of May is the game at Leeds. That must be the other great buzz playing in these brilliant stadiums. Fantastic. I mean. My first game that I played was at Hillsborough, so it's obviously an unbelievable stadium. And obviously, I've been used to going in the away end, watching Middlesbrough there. Went there, scored twice. Do you know what I mean? Oh. You're scoring in front of the away end. You think it's fantastic, That's isn't good. it? You know, yeah. So it's it's really fun. To Have play you played the Riverside yet? Or? Not yet. No, I'd okay. like to. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We return tomorrow from one. Tim Vickery among our guests. I should be so glad when the football season's over so I don't have to rant about Chelsea anymore. I've really get out of I've even made myself sick. <laughs> OK, well, uh, maybe I'll be ranting about Spurs tomorrow after Unlikely. Brighton put their fifth OK, we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.